Good morning and welcome to Smashy Business. I'm Lubna Hamdan. And I'm Richard Fitzgerald. And today we're talking uh, property developer Danub is eyeing an expansion into Ras Al Khaimah in line with the casinos opening. He also hinted at casinos opening in Dubai. Uh, and then Paris-based bank Rothschild has opened a new office in Riyadh's finance hub, which was empty for a very long time and now it's just booming. Uh, and then Google is about to make your life a whole lot easier. Stay tuned and find out how. <laughs> How's it going, Lubna? It's going great, except for the fact that I look like an Oompa Loompa because I got a fake spray tan. Okay. Totally unrelated, but I look like a Trump supporter, I feel. <laughs> I look like I've been inspired by Trump. I didn't I didn't notice, but I think you look fine. Yeah. <laughs> it works on camera, right? When you need a bit of makeup and tanning on true, camera. True, true. Speaking of Trump, and this wasn't planned, but he got fined last week for something, right? Yeah. And then uh, as was, always. As always, for whatever, <laughs> you know, Trump Trump stuff. And there was a headline then in The Guardian the next day that he launched sneakers, high tops, gold high tops, like proper gold high tops with an American flag for $399. He, he launched his own high tops. Like what a Trump move. You I, know? I bet you they're already sold out. Probably. I bet you. My friend sent it to me and said, I'm going to get us two of these. <laughs> Hey, I would wear them. It, well, uh, the only part I heard I don't like is the "Make America Great Again" part. But like, yeah. And, but uh, you know, it, it's this gutso, isn't it? It's kind of like absolutely. <laughs> it's just he's owning everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, he owned the fake spray tan. He owned the hair. He yeah. was just like, "This is what I look like," and, and I'm embracing it. <laughs> yeah, the hair. Yeah, exactly. The color. Like, I, you know, you, you did say he is very orange looking, but um, you know the. The Super Bowl was last week, and Kanye, also someone who kind of owns stuff, you know, he did a video of his sneakers and, uh, in the car. Like, he basically. They should did, have collabed. They should have. They they probably do on other things, but yeah, or, they, you know, they've been in touch before. Uh, but yeah, we were, we were both at the Brand Me Summit at the, on Saturday. There was a lot of local uh, business people speaking over the weekend. Including yourself. Yes. Yeah, we, we spoke, I spoke at a panel about uh, positioning yourself for social media. But I was just impressed with, um, you know, the turnout, the Canadian University campus and City Walk, uh, you know, hundreds of people. It's the second or third weekend in a row where on Saturdays you've got like thousands of people going to learn in their own time, buying tickets and stuff like that. Yeah. And then on the other side, you've got like 50,000 people going to Untold. The last story that we were tagged in Lubna and Lubna Dubai was at 4.30 a.m. this morning. Oh my God. You know, and that was all weekends. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it literally went on to that hour. It's proper festival vibes. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy though how much is going on in Dubai at the moment. It's just so exciting where you can choose whatever you want to do, but there's so much to do that you don't even have the time. Right, like I, uh, I actually had tickets to Untold, and I couldn't even make it to the festival because there was so much going on. Yeah, we were at the Branemi Summit. It was quite impressive, uh, you know, for the fact that it was like two influencers, uh, influencer brothers, uh, Ayman and Ghazi, who yeah. who launched it. And Ayman had a fight the day before. Yeah, and he still made it on yeah. Saturday. He, he was all with bruised up. Rashid Balhassan, the money kicks fight thing on Friday night. Yeah, and so many people were there. Like Steven Seagal was there. Yeah, yeah. And it was just Mad. so random. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so so the summit was interesting. Yeah. For one simple fact, which is, I think your panel was it had so much context and quality. Uh, it, it talked about how social media is uh, not just a marketing tool, but uh, a business as well. You you spoke about that particularly, and then Fatty Cakes made a, a very uh, interesting comment about you know, blasting his cousin DJ Khaled said they're not on speaking terms anymore because of Palestine. He said, mm. if you're not talking about Palestine, get get out of my life. Um, but one thing that I noticed is that 
like there's a difference between you know events that are set up by journalists and proper business people and then events set up by influencers right you 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 just don't get the same quality <laughs> i know you're giving me that look like why Lubna, did you I'm, have, it's, I'm not, did it's, you have it's to a smile <laughs> <laughs> no i mean we were talking about the you know, censorship of a post but i think um you know i don't do you think that journalists set up events because when i've seen media companies set up events in the past they're actually not media that good companies, at it yeah they're not that good at it. Like, um, I think events people need to set up events. Like, whenever Bloomberg have an event, it's not as good as when Informer put it on, mm. right? Like, if Informer doing a JV for Leap or, you know, Ray is doing Step this week, right? And they try to be media and events and they realize they're better at events. Yeah. Like, their, their flywheel during the year is better at, like, sending out forms to get speakers to fill out things, you know? I think that's why, as Augustus Media, we haven't gone into events because it's a different skill set. It's True. a different sort of organization. You can be very organized on publishing content, but to really run programming and content and logistics and marketing and and ticket sales and you know the, the best events I speak at a lot of them and not not flexing but I, I go to a lot of them and the best ones are the ones that send you a proper form give you all you know and, and give you all the details uh, and get all the details from you and then produce really good assets for you to promote and then sync you in with the right panel in a very organized way and prep you in the right way and not let it all on the moderator yeah. you know yeah that's true i agree with you i i think that we need a, a mix of both i think that the the media companies are falling behind in how to make an event kind of i don't want to sound too old school but cool like mm. cool you know just just to attend like not boring right because yeah. when you tell a lot of people like about the world government summit it, it's an amazing event right but a lot of people just are not interested in it because it, it sounds really boring and it's like quite formal and stuff even though it, it was incredibly successful this year they've you know got Sam Altman and, and so many people were there um, but what I notice about brand me is again like that the quality of the conversations on stage were just lacking a little bit so I think yeah, it wasn't. You know what? I, I've seen that like NAS Summit do their ones, and what what was fresh about events geared towards younger people, especially the NAS Summit formula, is they dress two people up on stage, mm. and they become your kind of live entertainment. Yeah, and love that. Literally, the crowd are jumping all day. They're trying to get on stage. They're between the things. They're making fools out of stuff. They're doing their party tricks. Right? It's an influencer summit. Yeah. And I, th I thought Brand Summit would be a bit like that. And it kind of fell halfway between a bit of that and a bit of like, you know, step and uh, SEF or whatever. Yeah. But it, so, but you know, look, like it's the first one they did, and these things grow. You know, True. like to get probably a thousand people over a weekend. Uh, is is no mean feat in itself, you know. That's true. They actually did do a great job for a first event. It was great. You know, there was even one uh, panel with uh, Sajin from SellAnyCar.com, and the the title was "My Kids Are Gonna Be Born Rich" mm. or "My Kids My Kids Are Gonna Be Rich" something like that. I think that's the they title of his it. book or they something as well. It. Yeah, they nailed that. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. yeah. No, they they did a great job. And you you spoke so before. Uh, you, just before uh, that, there was a, a panel with uh, Rizwan Sajan. Yes, exactly. So moving on to our first story of the day, we, we did get an exclusive interview. Uh, I had to chase him down uh, the crowd after he, he left the stage. But So property developer Danub is uh, is planning on expanding into Ras Al-Khaima. Um, and uh, Rizwan Sajan, the, the chairman and uh, founder of uh, Danube Group, uh, they own a lot of things, uh, furniture, stores, etc. He mentioned that casinos are opening in Dubai as well. 
which was interesting because so far it's been rumors, but uh, everyone is talking about it. And uh, so they're looking to, to jump on that uh, on that wave of, of the real estate boom that's expected to happen when the casinos open in Ras al-Khaimah. Yeah, and like he literally just dropped in that they come to Dubai. Um, yeah, it was a good questioning, good line of questioning. I think, um, you know, we do some work. We have Love and Rack, and we do some work with the media office down there as well. And I do a lot of... Um, uh, the Rack Half Marathon actually is happening this weekend. It's a very good event. It's They bring international runners in, and it's the leading half marathon in the UAE. Uh, it's a really nice event. And you can see on Al Marjan Island, over the last few years running around, you can see more of the UAE, of the Dubai development companies. Like, you can see Dubai investments are looking there. A bit like Sharjah, but, like, it's in the past, everything out of Rack was Rack companies, like yeah. Rack Bank or Rack Comatics. Now you can see that... Uh, property real estate people like Imar and our, there's an address going to be built in down there and now even Armani are going to I think, don't know if that's re- released or not but there's going to be hotels like that in Ras Al as well and obviously the Wynn Resort is the one that was announced yeah uh, and uh, yeah it's just fascinating I think smart property developers like Danny will just look at that and go okay cool if if hotels are opening and if tourism is increasing and you put an apartment beside it, the value of that property is going to go up. So people always look to invest in property that there's something happening around the area. And you know what? How great would it be to have like a, a kind of like a summer home in, in Ras Al Khaimah? You mm. know, if you've got the money and it seems like a lot of people do have the money. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I, totally. It's a different vibe than there. Like it's it's a staycation hub for uh, UAE residents anyway. So I mean, with the stress levels in Dubai, you know, we work more longer hours than people in New York, apparently, according to reports. OK, um, so it would be nice people to have New York to should have work somewhere. harder. That's why the American economy yeah, is in decline. Agreed. Yeah, cool. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think is fascinating, though? I think you just gave us an exclusive there about the Armani opening uh, in, in Ras Al Khaimah. And I think it's fact fascinating. Check it, but yeah, uh, I, I will fact check it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating that you have all the, you know, uh, all the exclusives, but you're keeping them all to yourself. He doesn't give me anything, guys. I hear these in conversation. I, that one is <laughs> that one I heard four or five months ago. So yeah, but I don't know the details of it. But look, it's not even. It's just not a surprise, right? Like the. Yeah. the I think that's the point, right? Up until now, there's four or five hotels, and you can just see more and more, and uh, the beautiful beaches. Uh, you know, Rasa Kaima has the mountains as well. Uh, you know, it's got a lot to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paris-based bank Rothschild, this was just announced a couple of hours ago. Uh, they're planning on opening, uh, they're, they're opening an office in Riyadh, uh, mm. Riyadh's finance hub. Mm. Uh, it's the $10 billion uh, King Abdullah financial district north of the capital. It stood empty for years, but is now among the most in demand for foreign and local firms. Um, uh, the bank said uh, in a statement on its website, this move reflects the company's commitment and conviction to the growth potential in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Yeah, amazing. How exciting is that? Pretty cool. It's so cool. Mm. I mean, Saudi Arabia is just killing it out there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rothschild, obviously a big name. And what would they do exactly, Lumna? It would be more like private wealth, high net worth, uh, capital management. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. so like private banking in Saudi yeah, and yeah. investment banking and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fascinating. I think you know, when you mentioned King Abdullah Financial District, uh, our center, that's the center of the program HQ, the sort of place to get companies into Saudi. Yeah, and all the rules Saudi. around program HQ are kind of evolving as well, tax yeah. incentives and everything like that. Do you see it becoming uh, Riyadh's DIFC? Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, when you said when you finished that sentence, the first thing for me was uh, was about lo- law and regulation. The, the all the media office and His Highness posted a few days ago uh, the numbers of DISC, how many companies are registered there, and uh, we talked previously about Internet City and Media City, but DIFC, like when it started at 100 companies, now it's got thousands. DIFC is a huge success, huge, huge success. It's got two uh, stock exchanges, right? Like two boards, two exchanges, and it's got all the startups are there, and it's got all this regulation, this common law or whatever the law is, right? Like, so it's a huge, huge success, and it's got the F&B and everything, but as a place to register your business, it's really successful. Uh, I think Saudi still has to figure out their legal stuff. Hmm. Uh, we talked last week about the property and the real estate and everything like that, but I think they're still figuring out their modern legal system and everything like that. What they've got right is, uh, you kind of you know, mentioned that it's stood empty for years, but it's a beautiful area. It's stunning. It's got uh, uh, Zaza Hadid's uh, the design of the metro and the way in. The buildings are stunning. The ambience, the cafes, walking around there. It doesn't feel empty now. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, uh, I've been at uh, you know cultural events there, compassion shows there. Uh, there's a cinema there. Like th- there's a lot going on there. They have food festivals there and things like that. Um, and there's beautiful, stunning kind of uh, buildings. So it, it is happening and uh, you know companies are making choices to be there. How, how soon and how will compete with Dubai? I, I, they're, they're building at the moment, or they finished building the new Tadawal stock exchange floor. Not sure exactly where it is, it could be there. Um, and it, I know a photographer who's under NDA about when it opens or whatever. Right. So I haven't been able to see the photos, but like that type of stuff. So there's a lot of momentum in around that development. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, really interesting stuff, honestly. Um, I just remember it's a, a story years ago where Habib al-Mullah mentioned, uh, and I know I mention him often, but he's just he, he's an exciting character. He said DIFC is, uh, has become more of a food court than a financial district. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, it, it's still so successful, and, and the F&B there is, is, is doing really well. I don't think Wall, Wall Street would complain if it was known to have good restaurants, right? Like, yeah, it's fine. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, it, if companies like Rothschild and over there, uh, it is interesting. Mm. It's, it's a significant thing, you know. They're not afraid of opening a business in yeah. Saudi, yeah, legally, absolutely. culturally, and they see the capital opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever see a, a merger of some of the regional exchanges? Do you think that they'll ever merge? I'm not a capital markets expert. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, should do you we think have they'll, they'll do better? Do you think if they merge? I, I was just wondering about this the, the other day, and I think we should have an expert on the show to, to talk about. Yeah, it. I think well, Walid uh, Shahabi is going to come on on Wednesday, right? And yes. he's a he's a capital markets kind of commentator, so he'd be a good guy to ask that. You know, yeah. but a bigger question like, should we have a regional currency? Like, should we have, uh, you know, the, this sort of I, I I don't know. Like, it worked for Europe. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, I I'm not sure. Like, I think. The independent countries are doing well on their own now, but so something that links things together and uh, could be good at this level. Yeah, interesting. Cool. Um, Google is about to make your life a whole lot easier. Um, it's testing a feature that calls businesses on your behalf and waits on hold uh, until an agent is available. The talk to a rep feature eliminates long wait times by connecting users to a customer service agent directly, but it's only accessible in English. It's going to be accessible in English only. Um, it's interesting. It, you know, it sounds like something petty, but um, how you know how much time do we waste waiting on the phone for 
for agents when we call businesses and stuff. Everything is like automated nowadays. I remember a couple of years back when Emirates MBD launched their, um, what was it called? The the lady Liv. who just, Liv, Liv, was it? Or they, she had, they had a lady as well who- It was, was like a robot okay. basically that was famous, whatever, but people got so pissed off because they just, they could not get a hold yeah, like, of, of, really a, of an actual person. Uh, and we talk about AI and everyone, you know, there are so many like memes online you know, just AI, AI, but what is AI and how is it affecting our lives? And that's that's one of the ways in which it's actually making our lives not easier, but just more difficult, right? Mm. Like waiting on the phone for, for an agent to, to answer. Anyway, uh, you don't seem too excited about the story, so I'm going to move on to the next no, one. Uh, well, <laughs> I, 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 think it's, I think it's fascinating. I'm just thinking about customer service in general on all things, right? Like, because if we're in a subscription area, it's, it's banks, it's it's everything we do, right? Like a lot of the, when I order InstaShop, I get a call after if there's something, everything's automated now. I'm thinking of our subscription service of how can we build that in as well. But then just the land grab and the things that are happening on AI, like who's going to win, right? Like everyone's yeah. trying it. Like Google are obviously not, not wanting to be beaten by OpenAI or Microsoft. And they're all testing these things. And then going back to the conversation we had last week, who regulates this stuff? You know, um, yeah, I, I still see so many videos of what deep fakes look like and what AI people and everything like that. Yeah. So, uh, but no, I, look, like the, I, I, as soon as I hear that, I'm kind of like, okay, cool. Why aren't we as a business doing our underlying tech software on Python and Google Cloud, etc., as opposed to AWS? Right? Where's Amazon in all this? I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this because you said something on stage on Saturday uh, at the panel at the Brand Me Summit, and you said we're we're in the services business. You know, we're, so, to, tell me a little bit more about that because that's interesting. Like, how are we in the services business? Just like uh, elaborate on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I think agency work, I think if you provide work for clients in the past, if you do branded content and marketing, you're in the services industry just like serving coffee, right? Like, it's a different type of a customer. They they work from nine to six and not all night and they're not paying with their debit cards, but you're, serv you're in the services industry. You may as well be uh, allowing people on to Burj uh, Khalifa, like you're in the service industry, right? It's not tourism, but it's services. And uh, in, in media, uh, the, the way that we monetize our content is through services, right? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that the content that we're creating now is in the services industry, uh, but it is providing service for free. It's providing utilities and entertainment. Uh, so just like, so I think there's a there's an overlap there. And that's why when I think of the element of us uh, managing subscriptions, if people are subscribing for Smashy, as nearly a thousand people do, paid every month, and there's 6,000 registered users, mostly to watch the local UAE sports. Uh, but you know, for us to have a tech team and a content team and not, not think that we're responsible for that 18 dirhams a month, and not to think that that's the same as a coffee like Starbucks, then that's us being ignorant and not uh, recognizing that we have a duty to, uh, and, and the answer is tech. The answer is tech. It's not more people. You know, I, I keep bringing up this example, but when Disney Plus were launching in the region, they didn't build tech for the region. They should. They they made it. They they did the wrong tech choice. They had two choices and they picked the the, the worst tech. Then they um, they didn't make any Arab shows. They put people on stage in, um, I forget where the event was, I think Dubai Opera. They put some Arab actors, token Arab actors on stage from some 
IP that they had without having an Arab show. All right? over the place. Yeah, <laughs> it, it looked fancy, it looked Disney, I was impressed, but like they just, they didn't worry about tech, they didn't worry about content, they only worried about who will do our call center when we go to direct-to-consumer, because Disney were never direct-to-consumer, they're on TV, they're in movies, they never had to run the cinema chain, and they were doing research like who does uh, Aramex's call center, who does Dew's call center, who's the supplier, who will I pay money to do that, right? So if you're thinking, if that's how an entertainment company thinks, yeah. like, a, like a telco, then that's what I mean that we're in the services, you know? Yeah. And, and technology is the answer. Like, uh, you know, there's CPaaS, Customer Platform as a Service, biggest one in Saudi is called Uniphonic, but you've got uh, Intercom, you've got uh, Twilio, get mixed up between Twilio, yeah, and, and you've got a few other big ones like that as well. That's really interesting. Uh, the, the panel was actually fascinating, you talking about how social media is uh, is not just um, for marketing, it's actually our business. That, that's exactly what you said. And, you know, when you look at everyone from Bloomberg to, you know, Vice failed miserably here um, to, you know, even Arabian business, their social media is, is not that great. And I think when I first joined here, I was kind of fascinated about the fact that, okay, we're, just, we're only focusing on social media. We're not, you know, the, the names of the journalists are not on the posts, you know, we're, we're using Canva to post and everything. It was, it was a very interesting transa you know, tra transition, I would say. Um, but it's definitely the right way to, to go. Um, <laughs> so we, we... She's not convinced. <laughs> no, I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. I am actually convinced. It's, no, I think it's fascinating. Look, like, whether we like it or not, people do get their news from social media. You know, we get a lot of our news from Twitter, from Instagram, so let alone other people, you know. Mm. Um, but, so we don't have a guest today. So I'm about to ask you a question that I wanted to ask you on stage yesterday, uh, on Saturday, sorry. Uh, we didn't have the time. Um, and I think uh, it's a question on a lot of people's minds, and I hope I don't get fired after this. But you were you were going to sell, you were considering selling Love in Dubai. Why did you opt out of that? Uh, I don't know if I was considering selling it. Yeah, you weren't considering at all. You just got an offer. Yeah, I was approached. We yeah. were approached. Augustus Media were approached, as we have been over the years at different times. Which year are you referring to? I'm referring to sometime last year. Sometime last year. So that would have been an approach uh, from another business, uh, a media business. And it was an amicable conversation. Uh, the person I was speaking to over the summer, two or three meetings, got on really well with him, really liked the vision, uh, really liked the conversation, should I say. And then there was a, an, an offer, a verbal offer about the numbers and out of respect for both of us, it was kind of like, hey, uh, if you have appetite to go forward, forward we'll now pay this third-party M&A people. It'll cost us this amount. Mm. It'll take this amount of time. And at that time, uh, I didn't want to put strain on our finance team and due diligence. We have a data room that we keep updating. We're quite transparent. We're going to release our 2023 numbers this year. Uh, so we have the general stuff that you would have, uh, not for investment, uh, but we just have it ready, right? I, and I think, Lubna, when you have a, a mission to build the leading modern media company choice in the region, you will have conversations that you think that can build, move you forward. So if the right person comes in at the right level to put you amongst the bigger league or the bigger table or whatever, you'll, you'll look at that and you'll make a decision around it. So um, the, what I realized the offer was pretty much a full acquisition and they were quite transparent about that. And that's not something I'm ready to do. I think uh, the way this company is growing and I think I have a lot of energy and a lot of appetite to continue to lead it. And um, 
Yes, we know, Richard. We, we, we often wonder here in the company if you ever actually get any sleep. Because yeah. you're always on top of like every single thing. <laughs> I, go, I go to bed already. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, it's, not, it's just, you know, you, you're, the region is young. Media is young in the region. Uh, it is, industry is hard to navigate. But I think it's just decisions. Like I didn't set, I don't feel I'm an entrepreneur. I didn't set this up to exit. Uh, it's just about building something meaningful over long term, and the right partner will understand that, right? Like there are there are people that will come in and go, "Hey, you run it." But I think what I've realized is that media, other media companies, uh, other media companies want to grow their business, not grow yours. And uh, you know, I've been at the other side of the table. Like on Friday, I had an M and A meeting uh, with another media company, and I could see that the guy, the found the CEO, he was like me. In that flip reverse, he wasn't really articulating it, and I said the words. Hermie goes, "Yeah, you get it," because because he wants to, he wants funds to go his business. Yeah, he doesn't want an acquisition, and that's all it was. Uh, you know, we wanted funds and 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 we wanted cre credibility. Like you can get credibility in different ways. You can get it through marketing. You can get it through buying seven days. You can get it through winning awards, right? And if if um, a global media company or a local, a big, well-known local one gets 10% of you, right? If NBC gets 10% of, I don't know the figure, if they got, they invested a bit in Angami, that's a seal of approval, right? So the next time Angami go for money, they'll go, the person worried to put money in will see that NBC already did. Yeah. So it's easier for me to, you know, they did, so I will, right? True. So I think there's some of that, right? So it's like, how do we, how do we get the right sort of credibility at the right time? But also like, it doesn't have to be another name. The thing is, like, we can become the name. Like, we can become the, the exactly. company. Exactly. And it's interesting you mentioned that because we had someone on the show a couple of days ago. I think it was uh, uh, Basel from Rising Giants, and they just got acquired by uh, Saut. And uh, we were discussing, like, you know, should Kerim have, you know, exited? Could they have become you know, as, as big as Uber, did they have the potential, you know, would people from the region have invested more in Kareem? You know, do we even need Uber here? And, and the same with Souq.com uh, as well, like Souq.com got acquired by Amazon, you know, did they sell out? Um, so I think personally you did the right thing because, you know, if you look at the social media game, like you're just winning it and whereas their titles, we're not going to mention the company, but their titles we don't know who the company is. Uh, are not uh, <laughs> not doing. No, I, I, it's not just about look social media like it's algorithms. Like I don't think, I don't think the game is to who's winning social media. The platforms are TikTok and Meta. The, like there, there's no no one like we're doing well on it. So are creators, so are influencers. But I think building brands need to be you know beyond social media as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool, Richard. Thank you for your time. Uh, it's been uh, an exciting discussion, um, uh, as always. And, um, and, and yeah, thanks for covering the weekend. Good with the exclusives, as ever. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a really good summit. Honestly, for a first event, I think they did really, really well. There, and, there were a lot of big names. And, the, and this week, smashy business or media partners of Step Conference. Yes. Wednesday morning, Media City. Be there bright and early. I'll be on a panel on Thursday morning. Lubna will be around with the smashy mic. If you've got any exclusives, any startup successes, <coughs> failures, any, <laughs> any, any things that you want to reveal, any fundraising rounds, let us know. Uh, we'll be posting on social media. We'll do a podcast every day. 
And then on Monday, you and I are going to go to Qatar. Uh, we're going to go and to the opening night of Web Summit, the yes. first ever one, 15,000 people sold out. Yes. And we'll spend two days uh, getting the juicy tea there as well. Yeah, so. and, and then the following week, there's Leap. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be there as present on the ground, but we will be reporting it from here. So there's a lot of tech stuff coming up. Absolutely. So if you've been uh, good, we want to hear from you. If you've been bad, you'll be hearing from us. <laughs> uh, and that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys tomorrow. Bye. Thank you.